I think it's entitlement. It's fuck this place. I lost the war. I hate you all. You know, the whore. Where's my dog? Because girls are such a drag. Like, I fucking love that. Like, ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 182, 182 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Where, where, where are you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, <laughs> damn it. And this week, we're getting into all the small things behind pop punk's most legendary band. I am not feeling this. <laughs> and how old are you? I mean, what's your age again? <laughs> yes, as you might have guessed, this being episode 182, it had to be a Blink-182 special, didn't it? I swear on my family's <laughs> life, we tried our absolute best, other than making a spaceship and getting caught by Tom DeLonge. I don't know what else we could have done to have tried to get one of Blink-182 on. I've even had a giant Brazilian butt lift, so I've got a massive ass in hopes of tempting Travis. That didn't work. So now I've just got a massive ass for no reason. But yes... <laughs> So this week, we are looking at the legacy of the mighty Blink-182. Yes, August 2022 solidifies the 30th anniversary of Blink. So with this being our 182nd episode, it would have been stupid not to do something special and celebrate an act to have defined generations of alternative music. So we've gathered a supergroup roundtable of not only Blink superfans, friends of the podcast, but three key figures in modern day pop punk to discuss their legacy, impact and influence on the scene today. So joining us will be Derek Descanio of State Champs, a man full of secrets. We also have arguably... Full the of big- secrets? He's full of secrets. He's got more secrets than you'll ever know. It's one of uh, State Champs' lyrics, which... Well... Yeah, arguably <laughs> one of Blink-182's biggest fans ever. We have Ben Barlow of Neck Deep. 
and the first introduction on the podcast to our good friend Steph O'Sullivan, the vocalist of Irish emo band Grey Wind. They released a debut album a few years back with Jason Perry, and she interestingly has her own Blink-182 nickname that we'll be hearing a little bit later on. But Sean, honestly, things don't get bigger than the 182, whether it's the Siri lyrics, huge hooks, or good time feels the influence is really the blueprint across a lot of music today. Oh yes, undoubtedly. You can't you can't hear any punky bands nowadays without thinking that somehow Blink One Eight Two were involved in it. As always, I am thankful for Blink One Eight Two's music. Don't get me wrong. When I was a kid growing up, as we later find out, um, I wasn't originally too chuffed on them. But yes, now I've grown up. I've matured and I acknowledge their importance in our scene and how they're legends. Yeah, the fact that I got to go on tour with them was um, mental to me. Absolutely fucking mental. But yeah, we get into that later on. Um, Thanks again to Ben, Derek and Steph for coming on. We had a really, 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 really good chat. A really good time. And it was a, yeah, it was a good afternoon. Yeah, it's just a gigantic laugh and love fest for all things 182. I mean, we talk about how everyone first discovered the band, the kind of mature side to their music and genius songwriting, the whole Tom DeLonge versus Mark Hoppus vocal accents, how Travis Barker is just an insane drummer, the viewpoint from Matt Skiba, touring and collaborating experiences some of our guests and Sean have had with the band, their favorite songs, and just a whole lot more. So we're just celebrating everything Blink-182. And as you mentioned a few people will probably listen to this and go, oh, they didn't get any of Blink on. Well, normally I'd say fuck the haters and let's not bother with it. But just to say quickly, we did try. The amount of emails right. I have sent to Mark Hoppus's people in particular is criminal. I'm surprised I haven't been giving a restraining order. But I have had a lot of positive conversations um, with management and people in the industry about it happening someday down the line. So fingers crossed. We'll have that at some point, but this is a really fun celebration and I'm glad we got to do something a little different. But before we go straight into the conversation, of course, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy these podcasts, what we do and having a laugh of us every single Friday, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin to support us. You get loads of extra rewards there for your subscription and get involved in our wonderful community of people that we love very, very, very much. Give us a follow and send us messages at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Let us know what you thought of the episode, future guests. And if you are seeing My Chemical Romance anytime soon, because I am going to be DJing at the two Milton Keynes shows, then I'll be DJing at the VIP bar at Warrington. After the Warrington show, I'm going to be DJing at Asylum. And then after the Cardiff show, I'm going to be DJing Team Up at Kongs 2 in Cardiff. After that, my chem show as well. So I'm going to be seeing them four times, I believe. And Oof. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to head down to a couple of the shows myself as well. But it's going to be a very, very busy time for us. Festival season's fast approaching. There's a lot going on. So keep up to date at Sapping Pod on Twitter and Instagram. But enough about this. Let's go. Don't wait. The intro is almost over. This is the legacy of Blink-182 on episode 182 of Sapnin Podcast.
Sapnen! Sapnen! Aj. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sapnen! 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 Yes! Yes! So here we are celebrating the 182nd episode of Sapnen. We wanted to pay homage to the pop punk genre defining icons that are Blink 182. And we've gathered a super group round table of guests to discuss the band's impact on the scene music today and just all of our lives. So we have returning for the third time, Derek of State Champs. Hello. For the fourth time. It's with it, with it. It just seemed to be just me cheering for Derek then. I don't like that. Yeah, Derek. So everybody, Morgan, (laughs) give Derek that intro again, and we're all going to cheer. Oh my God. (laughs) I feel bad now that I didn't cheer. (laughs) Right, it's okay, guys. So we have... (laughs) Holy shit. That was bad. On, on for the fourth time, oh. Ben of Neck Deep. Yeah. Boom. Take it. I'm used to it. I'm making a Sapling podcast debut, Steph Ooh. of Greywind. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> So thanks for you all for taking the time. Um, just to start, obviously, we're all fans of Blink-182 here. So what was the first time you all discovered Blink, discovered the music, saw a music video, anything like that? What's your first Blink-182 memory? And let's start with Ben. Mine was honestly probably a similar way to a lot of, a lot of people in the UK of a, of a similar age and just watching Kerrang, basically. Watching Kerrang and MTV as a kid and... Um, 
probably hearing them on the radio, I guess, around about the time that like What's My Age Again and stuff came out. Just thinking they were cool. I think at that time, like I'd kind of had an intro to music through my brother. I was like super onto Green Day and like a lot of the the, the Tony Hawk soundtracks and all. And just whatever was on Kerrang, basically, I'd love to slip not to. Just kind of fell in love with Blink. Like found our own little variation on what my brother had kind of passed on to us, kind of thing. And yeah, just fell in love with them. Just thought they were super cool. Thought they were super funny. I think it was the fact that like they were funny that was one of the main things as well. Like. Yeah. And again, it was like a little, it was like a little variation on what had been passed on to me. So, uh, yeah, they were the first band that I think I discovered. And well, me and Seb, my brother from the band, um, it's the first time we'd found a band that we felt like, oh my God, this is our band. You know what I mean? So yeah, probably like seven, eight years old, maybe a bit younger. Wow. And Derek? I think around the same time, definitely MTV, definitely the radio. It was the first time I was like, this is the first time I was introduced to pop punk, I think at that age. And, uh, I think a lot of it came from like movies that I wasn't too, way too young to be watching at that time too. The movies like 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 American Pie and Not Another Teen Movie and stuff like that. So those soundtracks I still go back to and I'm like, these are the fucking soundtracks that I love. Um, so I think that was the biggest introduction for me. And it's the same thing with Ben, just uh, discovering a, a, a youthful kind of silly intro to punk rock and pop punk and whatnot and not taking yourself so seriously. And I thought that was awesome, you know? Yeah, mine's pretty much the same answer again. Kerrang! TV, yeah. Seeing Damn It! video, I remember thinking, oh my god, why is this so funny? Like, no one else is doing this type of thing. I've never seen anything like this. And then, obviously, when all the small things came out, I was like, oh my god, this is, like, who are these people? And then, again, like, my brother showed me so many bands, and Blink was one of those bands he'd bring home, like, albums from school that his friends would have given him and passed them on to me. And then that kind of introed me into like rock basically like i would then go on to love my chemical romance and like take him out sunday and stuff like that so they were kind of the intro into that for me nice well yeah i remember um i kind of got into them later than that really because i remember when i when i first heard i'm like as much as i come across like i like comedy or i think i'm funny I didn't, I was just like, oh, it's too much, boys. It's too much. Like, <laughs> even though, even though I was so into Limp Bizkit, right? Yeah. I was so serious about Limp Bizkit. I was like, the, the fucking metal is metal. <laughs> I'm not listening to any no of this silly else. shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not listening to this guy talk about having sex with his dog's bum. Right? <laughs> but, but I was listening to a man call himself the Chocolate Starfish Navigation System. So... Here we are now. Yeah, they've been about 30 years this year, actually. So That's this crazy. is also the 30th anniversary of Blink. Damn, I remember the 20th anniversary. I remember Seb paid a ridiculous amount of money for a 20th anniversary Blink poster. Still has quite a few. They're gnarly. Like, uh, yeah, it's like some crazy, like, silver foil thing. Yeah, paid oh, wow. a lot of money for it. And um, yeah, that doesn't seem like that long ago. 10 years, like the 20th anniversary, I remember that seeming like a big deal. And as a fan being like, yeah, they're like such a legacy band. But in the 10 years since then, like, fuck, a lot's kind of changed. The 30th even. anniversary. They're older than me. Let's go. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I just like realized amazing. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Ben. So, yeah, mentioning that uh, 20th anniversary, um, somehow, right? I don't know what's <laughs> happened here, right? But a few times, for some reason, my old terrible band, The Blackout, we would be offered these ridiculous big pop punk shows. So, like, we replaced Sum 41 five times on different things. And then once we got asked to go on tour with the Blink 182, look. Oh, nice. Oh, that's so sick. And it, it was the 20th anniversary, look. Fuck yeah. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. 
always a, always a good one to brag about that. Like, <laughs> I kept the, uh, we played with them in Brixton quite early in our, our career. I think we'd only been a band for a couple of years. And um, that honestly, it was weird because all I'd ever really wanted to do, like once we played a show, I was like, guess meeting or playing with Blink would probably be like as, you know, as much as I could ask for. And like within a couple of years, we played with them, and yeah, the the dressing room like sign with Blink's logo and our logo on it, I kept for a good. I probably still put it somewhere. You got it. You got it. That was the goal, and then it's like, all right, what what now? I guess we can hang it up now. Yeah, for me, it was like I don't know. They were such a pivotal band to me. Like, yeah, they were fucking silly and a bit whatever. But like, honestly, they they really were like the first band I fell in love with to the point where like, I think me and Seb like. Knew their birthdays and shit. It was kind of wow. Wow. Oh, colors. About it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably just reading everything we possibly could. Um, oh. Well, you guys mentioned there how much of a legacy band they are considered today. And I think that speaks volumes for both their music, their kind of appearance with comedy and kind of fashion sense, everything combining with that. You have all toured with many other bands that would be considered in this generation of pop punk and alternative music. And it does seem that their influence is everywhere. So I'm sure just kind of they have been a band you've all made connections with in terms of friends with other bands, tours, music, everything like that. Yeah. In terms of like who people on tour, like I don't think there's anyone in the world of alternative music apart from the odd metal edge, Sean. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, it, it does tend to be like very few people will ever be like, nah, not really a huge fan. Like everyone is, is a, is a Blink fan. There's always a secret Blink fan, like a dude from a band that you would never expect to be any, and one of them's got like a huge Blink tattoo or whatever. They're fucking everywhere, man. Yeah. They're definitely one of the legacies where, you know, there will be, I think another 10, 20 years, another generation where you still go, Oh, I've heard of Blink-182. There'll be other, the other comparable bands that are like in the same world or whatever that will kind of, you know, not get to that point still and not, not carry on as long as a band like Blink-182. So it's, it's cool to kind of see at least, at least people will go, Oh yeah, I remember that band in like 50 years. It's crazy to think about, you know? Yeah. How long is it going to be until they are considered classic rock? <laughs> classic rock. People, do people oh, call them classic? Oh yeah. Do do does the Gen Z call them classic, classic, classic rock? Classic punk rock. <laughs> classic pop. Punk. That's yeah. when I know I'm old. When people call Blink Me Too classic rock, I'm done. Like, <laughs> yeah, it might be time to hang it up then. I don't know though. Like, it's weird that we'll grow up and like our parents probably fucking like. Oh, I don't know. It, whatever generation your parents grew up in 80s 90s 70s whatever they've probably got some legendary band who totally makes sense being a legendary band now it's just weird that instead of like zeppelin and like fucking queen and shit we're gonna be like blink we're the musical pioneers of my day mate make we're, we show, we're gonna be jokes. bringing out the old the old blink records to our kids yeah, like my dad is obsessed with like Ozzy Osbourne and like queen and all that so my house is like covered in memorabilia of all that so my house will just have Blink-182 microphone and it's all over the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just weird. It's just weird to think of those... Because, cl- you know, when you think of like Freddie Mercury and stuff like this, I genuinely think of like classic front men. But now, yeah. You'd, yeah, you're going to be like, yep, the band who wrote the dog shagging song. Yeah. <laughs> rock. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Obviously, all three of you are vocalists, and I think over the years, both Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLonge's kind of different vocal styles and accents have been portrayed 
as massive inspiration for for modern music today and in the pop punk scene you've all seen bands kind of imitate um one of their accents in between so like the question to you guys is that when you were kind of forming these bands and writing music for the first time were they a big influence in the way you became singers and songwriters or were you trying to stay away from that slightly because of how iconic they were and you didn't want to come across as just another carbon copy of blink 182 I mean, in especially in pop punk music, it's so hard not to do the Tom DeLonge voice, like when you're singing it or when you think of it. And it's become such a, a meme and a viral thing, but it's really an iconic thing that kind of shaped the way that 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 is a vocal style in this scene. So it is kind of a thing that it's like in the back of your head, it's like, no, don't do too much whiny Tom DeLonge, even though like that's so iconic. It's a staple thing. If you copy it, people can kind of see that, you know, in a lot of ways. But that just kind of shows the power that they had that they set the tone with, you know, at least that's what I think. I am. Um, I like, yeah, I think I subconsciously do it when I was growing up. It was all like American band. So I even got compared once saying I'm a female Tom DeLonge. That's the only comparison. Oh, that's sick. That's, that's sick. Only, I would yeah, that's that. like that is the best compliment. That's the only comparison that I like. I'm like, call me that all the time. So yeah, so I think I'm subconsciously. I'm not like, where are you? <laughs> like I'm not perfectly <laughs> doing it, but it just accidentally slips out. You can't help it. Oh, I know. Mate, on our last record, I actively tried to copy Tom DeLonge. Like, there was one part. <laughs> there was one part that just totally fit that like roomy like in feeling this one does the thing that whole bit and i was like we should do like that thing and we were even going to get him to do a guest spot and he was like kind of into it um i was maybe going to do it but then i liked the part so much and had so much fun doing it and like it probably just would have taken a lot longer than we would have liked and it was just like it's like fuck it, no! I want my Tom moment. I want, I want to have that time where I can send to be Tom for having to tell them like you're gonna have. I'm, I gotta take this. One, I'm doing you. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's a bit of a weird one, but like, I honestly, their vocal styles, man. I, like, I've kind of looked into this shit as well about like, especially. Um, all my brother sent me an article about it just because like I've been not criticized, but like people are always like, "Mershings of American accent, whatever." For the same reasons, like I was just, it was just ingrained into me. I've got that too as well, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Dude, I saw, um, I saw a thing that somebody posted today that was like, "Why do non-American singers lose their accents when they sing?" Dude, and, the Beatles and, did it, man. Yeah, and it's like people can get tech, like you know, crazy with it and talk about you know how vowel sounds get stretched and precise articulation of the consonants are lost. So therefore, there's a baseline that sounds vaguely American. So when you sing, unless you just talk sing without melody, then it's you're gonna see you're gonna That's hear it. You have to pronounce stuff like a certain way, like yeah. so you don't purposely you just say hey y'all. You can <laughs> rhyme more as well, like yeah, exactly. You, like instead of like where are it's not where are you. It's yeah, where it wouldn't sound the same. Yeah, yeah. Like a, <laughs> yeah. that wouldn't have ever been iconic if you didn't do that. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, also that is a I like delving into that a little bit more. Like it's a. Uh, Generally, as well, they say that most people sing for that reason of like uh, morphing uh, vowel sounds and words and stuff. It's like generally a California thing. And that generally, they do attribute a lot of that stuff to like punk bands and stuff. And I'm pretty sure in the article I read, Blink were even put as a fucking major example of like how much they fucking like just. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. It's because they're iconic, the it's iconic that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it wouldn't have been Blink either if it wasn't like that playoff of like Mark and Tom's different vocal styles. Like yeah. Mark was kind of like softer and a bit warmer, and Tom was like a lot snottier and like had that sort of higher range. It seemed like, um, and they both wrote differently too. Like 
Mark was like a little bit more sensitive. I feel like maybe like poetic. a little bit more, int- yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit more poetic. And Tom had way more angst and was way more sort of like, yeah, angsty. I think and kind of snotty about things. And I think that playoff just was fucking perfect for me because you would have um, they used to the alternate. Yeah, they used to alternate on records. It would be a Mark Tom and a, to- uh, a Mark song, Tom song, a Mark song. Maybe both mm-hmm. of them. Like, oh, I love that shit. I always thought that was <laughs> yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. But you said, mentioning that as well, I think this kind of gave a lot of bands freedom listening to Blink early on that you can kind of not get away with writing lyrics about anything, but kind of go off and write stories and be a bit funny for a part if need be. I mean, Sean's mentioned a few times about the whole dog in the ass, um, but they mentioned Warm (laughs) Tour and that was uh, a whole gateway to that scene and popularity of that as well. So as lyricists, I mean, do you take that away from it as well, that you can drop in a thing like Warp Tour, but you can still be super serious as well, like some of their songs like I Miss You or Stay Together for the Kids? They kind of broke down the boundary of being able to sing about anything, whether it's like super immature and silly, or it can be like a little like metaphorical and, and, and outside of the box. But for me, what I thought was awesome about them that I still take with me when writing songs is how they can set a scene that's very visual with a lot of songs. So, you know, I took her out Friday night, started making out, took off my pants. Like it's a whole scene. Like you can hear, you can see a movie. You can, you can put it all into your head. And that's something that ultimately makes you feel something down the road at the end of a song. So I think about that every single time. And that, that I think about Blink every time I do that too. Yeah, I agree with that completely. That's my exact answer. So we can still it. A question to all of you, though. Um, me and Sean were discussing this beforehand. When did you all realize what the title of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket actually meant? Dude, not for ages, right? <laughs> I remember. I remember as well. Because, um, like, again, like I mentioned, me and Seb were, like, super young when we were getting into Blink. And, like, I'd, like fairly strict parents or at least like when we were fucking kids she was like i don't want to you this song how this album has a song about fucking dogs on it like straight up <laughs> but she your mother be- your mother was me your mother yeah. was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was yeah she was like get the limbiscuit cd instead for fuck's sake <laughs> three dollar bill get a bit yeah. of three dollar bill on ben um but i remember this fucking she asked the dude who was working at like the mvc or the hmv that we went to or whatever the fucking cop he was like to be honest i don't think it's suitable for kids he's like even the title's a bit risque and i thought the title's fine it's just take off your pants and jacket it's nothing wrong with that you prick and then t- 10 years later i was like oh jacket <laughs> <laughs> yeah such a cop i think me and seb even gave him the eyes like you fucking prick yeah me and seb i used to have to like if we wanted like a limb biscuit cd or whatever we used to have to take the price sticker and put it over the parental advisory stick on the <laughs> no that's a power move but th- yeah but i remember always having to get the edited versions of cds that were too explicit at that point i don't know if they had an edited take off your pants and jacket no i don't know but, like did. m&m had one i had a, I, I definitely M&M had one. the m&m show like non-explicit yeah, that, you know yeah. but i don't think blink ever did that and that's punk rock i get it was, was that m&m album just full of silences <laughs> like what, what going on? it's a mute album yeah yeah he just says napkin yeah, he just goes, napkin! Anakin! I'm Anakin! Mad, mad. Yeah, no, I don't know why they would do that with Eminem either. Like, why Why are they trying to make Eminem, like, kid friend? I mean, I fucking loved Eminem, but it was because he swore. I was like, I don't want the non-swearing version. Fuck that. 
I think I remember actually being a bit sneaky and I maybe swapped my shitty one with her like full fat one, like with all the fucking swears oh, on it. Nice. And I was like, switch that out. There you and go. It was a very subtle difference. The the color of the CDs were very different, were very slightly different. One was like a more maroon and one was like more red. <laughs> nice. Just well, yeah. That's how you tell. Yeah, imagine you're going to put your M&M album on and you think you've got the full fucking 18 plus version and all of a sudden fucking... <laughs> <laughs> happens over whenever the swear words. You're like, what the fuck? Fucking tell you somebody's shit. It. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> scratched the CD I've bought. This is not good to like sing it. Then, then if the real version was on with like other friends, I only know how to sing the edited version. So you're missing all these other words and they're like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I just said, I don't know. Ah. Uh. Steph, you mentioned being uh, called the female Tom DeLonge uh, a yeah. few times, but like, have, is there been any other thing with Blink over the years where you've just kind of taken influences away from that in terms of songwriting or performance or anything? Has, has Blink really opened your eyes back in the day to certain aspects of the industry? Yeah, like even musically, like the, well, I know some people call it untitled album and some people call it self titled, so I call it untitled, but um, that album especially musically for us i know a lot of people might not think it when they listen to us but that's a huge influence like even the pianos and drum sounds and stuff and even when we recorded in texas our debut album and jerry finn who did a bunch of think albums all of his equipment was there so we got to use a bunch of their amps and stuff so So it was really yeah so that was really cool i was like oh my god wait tom DeLong has touched this So yeah, that was like a surreal, like fangirl experience. But I like that we are part of that on our album now. So yeah, so like stuff like that and like the pianos, little things that you wouldn't kind of associate Blink-182 with pianos, but just little moments like that we take into our music. Yeah, we don't sing about dogs though in our songs. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's maybe okay. album two, maybe that's album just, two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> still that's just Blink I was going to say, it's only them who can really get away with that shit. When I, when yeah, I was who else can do that? It. You can't really do that without people going, oh, you sent like, that's like a blink thing. That's, yeah. Like then that you just sound weird now. <laughs> the, the self-titled totally agree. Like I always tell people if they're like, mm, blink are kind of a joke band. I'm like that third album is well, not third album. I, I always say third. I know it's, I know it's not a third, but it's like the, the golden ones are enema takeoff and the untitled. Um, but yeah, that's like legit a fucking really, really well written, like musically expansive and creative, like some of the song structures, like, and just some of the creative choices, some songs like build forever and other songs, you know, are just straight in there, but, and a, and a nice mix of like electronics and stuff that they're bringing into their music then I thought was really cool. Like, I think they, they said themselves that record was like heavily like Cure and emo, basically Cure and Smiths and a lot of old punk and old emo and stuff like that. And you can definitely hear that in the tracks, but like done in a way that um, I think it's like the best and most well-received like shift in sound or progression of a band. That's what that maybe that's ever happened. Like every band like usually takes like a song, a record in the middle, or maybe it's just not quite, it doesn't quite hit as well. Like that transition from takeoff to uh, the untitled, like in terms of musicality and like just sonically was fucking nuts. Yeah. It was, um, was feeling this on that album was feeling yeah, this yeah. Yeah. like that that song changed literally changed my i remember changing my opinion on blink i was like this is fucking unbelievable everything they were doing from like the fucking roomy drums and like you said earlier with the fucking vocals and stuff i just i just loved it i thought that was 
the one that made me go, oh, okay, they can be serious. Mm. And this is <laughs> insanely well done. Yeah. yeah, I just remember, I just remember hearing the end and being like, this is like Taking Back Sunday on cocaine, just with the end with the melodies <laughs> flowing over each other and it, and it all just going fucking nuts. I just remember being like, wow, oh, fair play to this Blink-182. They're not just trying to offend me with their silly jokes. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're actually right ditties. And yeah, yeah, after that, I just fell in love with them slowly. It's fucking unbelievable. Uh, they're still going to this day. There's a lot of pressure going into that album too to fill after the last one. So it's like to come out and like have as many hits as that one did too. Like it kind of solidified a lot for them, I think. Well, Steph, Steph mentioned Jerry Finn and he's like absolutely, I think like once uh, Seb started getting like into the production side of it, fuck, it might have even been uh, like seeing that side of, I think that Blink MTV documentary and stuff maybe even could have been one of the things that planted the seed for Seb wanting to record bands. But Jerry Finn was like an absolute wizard. Like, He's one of those dudes that like, you know, obviously no longer with us. Um, he's one of those dudes that would be like top of the list of like who you'd want to work with. Like, fuck, who knows like what even Blink could have been if, if Jerry Finn was still alive. Because I do think they leaned on him pretty heavy for that record because he, any good producer should sort of be an extra, but sort of outside member. And I think he just knew that band so, so well. And, and, and the struggle that went into that record, like you say, Derek, like that, um, that MTV doco shows it. I think there's one part where they're like, yeah, we've been in the studio for six months, like, don't even have any songs, like, just fucking Holy around. Shit. <laughs> and just like, yeah. yeah. I, I gotta watch, I don't know if I've seen that. I need oh, to watch damn, it. That, it's sick. It's a really good watch. Yeah, it's like MTV making the, making the album or whatever, and it's them, like, in this house that they rent it out, and then it takes way longer than they think it's gonna take, so they rent out another house, and like, yeah, eventually get it done, but they definitely struggle with it, for sure. Um, and it's good to watch. I remember watching that as a kid and thinking like, yeah, sick. This is what making an album looks like. It was probably like my first insight into that. Sort of stuff. It's not that easy, even when you're that famous at that point, you know, like there's still, so there's still a lot of struggle. And if, if not even more pressure and way harder, because there's so much hype and there's so much budget at that point, I can't even imagine. So it's like to have, to take as much time as they did is one thing, but then to actually come out with the product that was necessary. Like that's, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Imagine how furious the label were. <laughs> oh my God. another six months in another mansion in the hills for you guys to write yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, have you got a demo no we haven't got a single demo to play we've just you. been like kicking it man sorry <laughs> yeah that's, yeah that's nuts wow if only you could do that today that would be uh be an experience <laughs> in itself no yeah <laughs> Well, you guys, um, some of you touched on earlier um, your own personal experiences with members of Blink-182. Obviously, Derek, Ben, and Sean, you've all toured with them as supporting bands on Sorry, massive Steph. arena shows. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, me, 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 and, me and Steph haven't told them. I don't know why I haven't. Surely, <laughs> surely they should ask me. I don't know. Um, but what were... What, is Blink like as a touring party in terms of bands in like looking after you and just being able to open up with such an iconic band? Because you do hear some nightmare stories when you open up for, for a big band like that, that there can be a disconnect, but it does seem Blink-182 like to make sure that whole party is a family. Can you just tell us some of your little experiences from those tours? Um, our, t- our experience with them was fucking sick. Like, again, we, we spent the whole summer on uh, that tour with Blink and Lil Wayne. And again, like, probably the wildest, wildest, just the craziest tour to be offered in terms of, like, yeah, no one saw that coming. But, um, what a package. 
<laughs> yeah yeah and the fact that again that's cool like you say they they want to keep it uh they want to keep it kind of not on brand i don't know the fact that they ask us ask us when they probably could have asked like so many other people like it definitely seems like the la scene for like for like pop punk or like whatever is happening like they could have easily gone down that road and probably just got someone like that and it would have been great but they asked us and so i was like oh shit that that's like a huge honor as it is. And obviously we're going to take it, but in terms of being on tour, like, yeah, they, I mean, they're a huge band now, you know what I mean? Like you don't really see too much of them, but when you do see them, it's like not the normal people, you know, they just want to make sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. They were just happy to be on tour. It seemed like, I think maybe in a way we were kind of like the youthful fucking idiots of the tour anyway. So we were just fucking around and like, yeah, we got told off a couple of times by Blink's, uh, by Blink's crew, just because <laughs> we were fucking around doing things that we shouldn't be. But I think we, we spoke to Mark about it at one point and he was like, I don't give a fuck. He was like, do whatever the fuck you want. It's like, none of it's come from me. Yeah. Yeah. Mark he doesn't that. care. It's really cool. Like all their crew is super nice. Like, and no one's walking around with like security and like no one's too big to talk to you. Like I'd bump into Mark playing Pokemon Go with this kid and just be like, sick. I've got a, I saw a Blastoise over there or whatever. Like, that's how nerdy it gets, I guess. Yeah, cool. At the end of the day, like, just normal fucking people. And yeah, looked after us super, super well. Like, just the fact that they gave us the opportunity. Um, we didn't have to, like, fight for any, like, we weren't mistreated. It wasn't like, oh, sick, the dressing room's a toilet today or whatever. You know what I mean? We were always super well looked after and just thankful for the opportunity. And I think just the fact that they asked us, like, shows that they're kind of in touch with, like, the side of the scene that's maybe been keeping things going like been for for a while like so yeah but they're still still the best still the best yeah ben you guys spent a lot of time on tour with them obviously my my more experience like with mark particularly was in the studio we haven't done like a full tour with blink but um when i met mark is just when he showed up to the studio one day to drop a guitar off to one (laughs) of the producers we were working with and then he noticed that we were in there intro hey how you doing and then he just goes can i stay for the day and hang out let's write a song then that no. was literally it. That's how it's yeah. like. Yeah. No. So we. No, <laughs> I almost wanted off. to say no. Because I was too scared. No. Within two minutes of meeting this guy, you know, obviously starstruck, like weird, like. But he was the very, very easy to like calm it all down and make it normal. But within two minutes, he was like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll hang out for the day. Who's the singer? Like, let's go out and take a hike. Let's go hiking and write lyrics." Within five minutes of meeting him, so like now oh. I'm like out walking around a pool and like and we're writing <laughs> lyrics. But he was like. He, he he was quick to bring the comedy factor in and like start like jabbing at me and like like asking like funny questions. He had he had an iPad the whole time and he brought up our Wikipedia page and is going through all of our like past <laughs> members in the band. He's like, ooh, he's like, spill the tea, man. Why'd you kick this guy out? What happened? What did this guy do? So like you know, icebreakers right off the bat and like super yeah. like welcoming and like really, really cool. Didn't ask for any money. He sang on a song of ours for like the next day and like like we didn't have to pay him anything. He didn't care. He was just having fun and he's so, super normal. And I, I love that. And I'll always look back on that. It's like, that's, that's fucking cool. You know, you've been doing it. You don't need to be doing stuff like that. That was, that was really fucking cool. I just, just remembered one more where, um, he caught wind that West, our guitarist West had, uh, had shotgunned the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> don't know why that was like, and he just walked into our dressing room one day and was just sort of like, Hey peasants. Like, I heard one of you guys is, uh, Shotgun the Dr. Pepper, like, someone do it. Like, someone, like, he wanted to see it. it. Yeah, well, there was like him and a few other people who's like, 
who shot gun to Dr. Pepper the other day? That sounds bad. Like, oh, it's bad slash funny. Someone do it. And West immediately was like, okay, Mr. Mark, yes, yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Sir. yeah. Like, so really pain, like fucking heartburn and shit after it. Like, uh, like yeah. When Mark always tells Mark. you to shotgun a Dr. Pepper, you shotgun a Dr. Pepper. Yes. Yeah, 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 you do. Do you know what? Yeah. If I'd known that story prior to this, we would have finished this fucking chat all <laughs> shotgun in a doctor. Don't make me do it. Don't make me acid oh, refund. No way. Yeah, oh, God. Dude, that would not be good audio. That would not be so audio. good. But yeah, um, yeah, my 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 um situation with them was very similar. They were absolutely fucking couldn't have been more accommodating to us. We we literally didn't have a clue if they knew about us or not. To be honest, well, it was back in 2012. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was Travis, Mark, and Tom were all in the band at the time. Um, am I going a bit behind the scenes? with this emerging uh, into uh, wayne's is that wayne's is that wayne's room? yeah that's wayne's yeah that's yeah, wayne's. yeah yeah he's in wayne's world you're becoming part of the yeah. furniture a little bit sorry but. sorry sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah they all had separate dressing rooms because i think this was close to bef- uh just just before tom left i think yeah and they had all american rejects on the tour as well and we turned up on the first date with our big fucking backdrop that said fuck the blackout because we were like oh blink Blink-22 fans are going to fucking hate us and this is going to be funny. So we had this big fuck the blackout backdrop and then we turned up and they were like, oh, you can't put that up tonight. And we were like, ah, boo. Mm, damn. And they were like, they were like, oh, you can use our LED screens though and put anything you want on it. And I was like, yes, let's put <laughs> Blink-22 behind us. Let's try this. <laughs> but yeah, we, we ended up, we ended up doing loads of different um, ones for different venues. So in Nottingham, we had Kevin Costner from Robin Hood behind us saying, Hey, every, uh, you know, it just said ye blackout, which <laughs> if you don't know ye anything about the blackout, black, yeah, if you look at the, yeah, if you don't know anything about the blackout, these six Welsh twats come on stage, right? They've got this big backdrop of Kevin Costner, who you probably don't know if you're a young Blink fan at that time anyway. It says ye blackout, <laughs> so. If you're interested in the band, you'll Google Ye Blackout. You'll find fuck all. You will find nothing. Uh, yeah, in, in Wales, we had Tom Jones saying, uh, look out, it's a blackout. And then in, in Liverpool, we had Scylla Black saying, surprise, surprise, it's the blackout. And yeah, they couldn't have been more accommodating to us, to be honest. They give us everything. We had all the space on the stage we needed. They had two separate caterings. I don't know if that was the thing when any of you guys on tour with them. Um, Travis yeah. would have his own because he's vegan. And oh, yeah. I guess oh, I think Travis Mark had his own chef with him, maybe. Like, chef? Yeah. Of course he does. Wow. You know, like you do. Yeah. Like you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That side of things is pretty nuts. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well deserved. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Travis, oh, no. Travis is yeah. a fucking beast as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. he is busy. Like, when someone says, like, ah, they're, they're pretty busy, like, he was always either playing drums or going somewhere and doing something with someone. And, like, yeah, it was fully on it. And, like, he had all his kids out on tour, too. And again, because we were the fucking idiots of the tour, we were riding around on scooters and, like, fucking kicking footies about and skating and just being idiots. His kids obviously gravitated towards that then and were like, what are these guys doing? And yeah, we ended up like, yeah, being the, being the little crash, I guess, for a bit. <laughs> yes. But it was cool. They, they had their dogs with them as well. So I was That's like, sick. sick. Give me the dogs. Aww. Yeah, cool. So they could have like a little solo dog. <laughs> cool that they could do that. They could just bring the whole family out, yeah. have their own, you know, accommodations for whatever they need. Like, you know, they've been doing it long enough and it's deserved. When we did those dates in 2012, they had, um, Travis brought his family over. Um, I think it was a, 
It was obviously a couple of years after the um, plane crash. The plane crash, obviously. Um, so he had got the uh, ferry over from New York to London, which was taking him about a week, I believe, to get over from New York to to the UK to come and play. And then they had a bus each, and they had all their family with them. And my brother was out on tour with us, and he had made <laughs> he had made a BMX with a sidecar on it, right? And fuck knows why. He, but he was using it to transport the merch boxes back and forth to merch. He left it for two minutes and turned around. It had gone. He ran into the arena going, where the fuck is my bike? To see Travis Barker just doing circles on it in the middle of the <laughs> arena. That's great. Oh, and, I was, yeah. oh, sorry, Travis. and I was like, Jay, leave him! Leave him! Let him on the bike! For fuck's sake! <laughs> going, it's Travis. Can I, can I have a go on your bike? Can I have a, can I have a go? <laughs> That's your bike. But I yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis, it's a lovely bike you've got there. Um, oh, I've noticed it's got a sticker from my country there. Uh, that's weird. Um, can I have a go? But yeah, oh, they were, yeah, they were lovely to us. And I remember having a conversation with Mark about shoes because he had the oh, nice. um, he had the Nike Yeezys on at the time, and I had a pair of um, ridiculous silver shoes that he really liked because my feet looked like robots. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was they they were fucking lovely, and their crew was lovely, and they couldn't have been nicer to us. And I was a little bit gutted inside because I wanted them to be dicks so I could tell people they're dicks. But no, they were lovely. <laughs> But hearing all of these stories, Steph, I mean, it is either working with or touring with Blink in some capacity, like up there with one of the ultimate dreams for you. Yeah, definitely. If I had like five bands there in that top five, it's like all those, it, all my childhood bands basically are in my list. I've played with some of them now, but Blink are still on that list. So I need to, if, Blink, if you're listening, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here, DM me. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, we, we, we've done a couple of festivals, but that's it. Like, we haven't done a tour. We had a tour plan that ended up getting canceled because I think Travis ha- have, was having health issues or, like, blood clots oh. or something like that. So our our actual tour that we had planned we didn't didn't end up happening. But we've done festivals, obviously, and recorded with them. So it's still a dream for us as well. <laughs> and even hearing how, like, nice they are, that makes me so happy because I always find that, though, that the bigger bands are always the nicest. 100%. Yeah, so when you wouldn't expect happy, it. Yeah. You know, you don't you never want to run into a you never want to run into a don't meet your hero situation where yeah. they end up being dicks, you know, but that, it's good to know that going in, you know, that they're think, already yeah. normal. I think alternative music in general, most people most people are nice, or most like big bands are nice from the alternative world just because like I don't know what it's like for pop stars, but I think because maybe pop stars it's not the same like touring culture, it's not the same like mm. show culture. Yeah. So maybe there's less of a like look after the support bands kind of feel to it uh maybe it's just like it's almost like a bit of a formality that you're there but yeah no i think like i've heard the foos foos are good to tour with and stuff as well like because they get it they've all been in bands they're not trying to fucking pick over the sport bands yeah or or look after the bands and shit so yeah it's good it's like i think you know it's definitely it's not one of the reasons but a a testament to why the alternative world is just a bit of a nicer world to be in i think (laughs) what if we've now what if we've now set steph up though and she's like, oh, well, you're going to be fucking really nice. Total dicks. Hi, guys. And they just like, they steal all our merch bike. And they steal everything. And gone. It's like, don't look me in the eye. Yeah. Oh, Kardashians yeah. now. Yeah, Kardashians, Kardashians now. Man. Could, be, could be pretty heavy. Yeah. Who, um, who are the, some of those other bands on that list, though, for you, that you mentioned, Steph? Mike McGromance, obviously, I'm not planning on those shows that they announced, absolutely devastated. But, <laughs> but yeah, good luck to everyone else that is. 
I'm not bitter, it's fine, you know. Um, Fall Out Boy, we played with them at Reading and Leeds. So technically, I can say I've played with Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I like to tell myself that. Um, well, Take Back Sunday would be my ultimate dream. They're like one of my biggest influences, even vocally, like Adam Lazara and Gerard Way as well. They're like my two like main influences. So yeah, then basically all, even Jimmy World, like basically every old school, like emo alternative band. <laughs> all the greats. <laughs> you got a stacked lineup there. Yeah, that'd be a good show. The weird fingers crossed they all uh, they all come to fruition for you. But um, couple of uh, last things on on Blink while we start to wind down about them in particular. I mean, obviously we've discussed the kind of impact of Mark and Tom. I think we can all agree that Travis Barker is probably the most iconic drummer in this kind of seeing in our generation and stuff. That goes without saying. Um, but. I don't know if this is controversial, but we should bring up Matt Skiba. I mean, obviously, we're all massive Alkaline Trio fans in our own right. But I mean, at the end of the day, when Blink is kind of said and done, how do you all feel Matt Skiba would be perceived in Blink-182? Is he kind of like the cool stepdad that came in for a while? I mean, it's it's hard Mm. to really put it into words because those albums have done really well. They've written some great songs, but everyone still kinds to focus on the Tom DeLonge days. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to, it's very hard to associate and like have that as a replacement and not think about it in like a stepdad or a substitute teacher almost. Mm, you know? yeah. It's very hard, but, but I mean, he's iconic himself. So how do you, how do you manage that? And like, how do you, rate that on a scale of of it being blink 182 i it's still hard for me so i don't know i'm i'm, I'm curious what how you guys feel about it too yeah i think because tom DeLong's voice is so iconic that is the hardest shoes to kind of fill and obviously he did a great job but everyone's always going to kind of associate like tom DeLong's voice and stuff so like for me it's always like tom is it but i agree with the like this nice stepdad yeah i agree with that so, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, it's like Skiba's voice is alcohol is is trio, and and mm. Tom is Tom is Blink, and like the 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 mix, it it works. It definitely like I think on stage and like in terms of aesthetic and like someone who gets it, I think it was probably the best pick they could have made. And if if they if that's what they wanted to do, I'm sure they could have got any amount of Tom DeLon impersonators, but I think they wanted to go for you know, go for someone who's familiar and just as well respected kind of thing, maintain the status of the band sort of thing. But um, it does feel a little bit um, Dave Navarro and the Chili Peppers kind of vibe, a bit like, you know, trying out somebody who's already well-established, but maybe is just a little different and maybe isn't quite the perfect fit. But I think the only perfect fit for Blink is going to be Tom, really. Like it is such a, it is such a, like the dynamic between Mark and Tom, like Travis stands up in his own right. But the Tom and Mark, like, I feel like those two, when they, and I know it's shit to like sort of hold people to their old standards and hold people to like, be like you were when you were 25, you know what I mean? That's like dumb, (laughs) but like, yeah, I think that's what fans crave. I think that's the thing that like ultimately people were first drawn in with Blink. And I think now it's, it's just cool to see him still writing music and still be doing it. Like to see Travis so prolific with everything that he's doing, um, and to see Blink like still writing records and, you know, a potential, I, I, I 
have a strong theories that Tom is coming back to the band. Like I was just I don't say, even think they're yeah. really hiding it anymore. Like no. Yeah. It's just one of those. So I think it's only a matter of time before people get that feel good of Mark and Tom on stage together again. But I don't know. I was just I was just stoked to see Blink playing and writing music again. Like if if Skiba hadn't joined the band, we would have never toured with them because they wouldn't have been touring. So best replacement I think they could have made, but it's never going to be perfect until it's, yeah, I was it's say, the original we'll it, three. We'll take it over nothing, over yeah, no more exactly. blank. Yeah. You know? oh, so yeah, it's exactly. like, keep the wheels turning at least so we get it. But like, yeah, you don't want to like gatekeep the old ways and whatnot yeah. too. So mm. so it's it's tough. I take Skiba over NGK. Very true. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Very, very true. But um, saying all that as well, I think a nice touch to kind of end the Blink chat would be to, if we could all go around and mention our personal favorite Blink-182 songs and why. So uh, Steph, if you'd like to start. That is the hardest question. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say violent, just because that Ooh. song can take me from like zero to 100 in a second. Like if I'm working out, if I'm doing anything, verses is all like cool. And then it just goes absolutely crazy. And the drums, everything about that song, I, that's the song I wish I wrote. So I would say violent. Yeah. Or obvious. Can I add another one? Obvious as well. I love that. <laughs> and that too. I'm going to take two. <laughs> yeah. And Derek? Um, I have to do a takeoff song and I'm going to choose Anthem part two as the open, Ooh. as the opener. And I still, yeah. I, like when I think of, uh, like pop punk, iconic pop punk openings to an album, I think of Anthem part two right away. We always use takeoff and Anthem part two as a reference for like mixing and mastering, like for all of our records still to this day. I think it's, I think it's probably like the best sounding pop punk album in my mind, in my opinion. And, uh, I also hate long intros normally, but that's the, since it's the opening song, um, I think it just sets the tone and it's probably my favorite. 
Um, yeah, mine's going to be a bit of a weird. Uh, bit of, I'm, I'm going to try and stretch it over a few few of them, but uh, mine would probably be Stockholm syndrome off of uh, Untitled. Just the way that that kicks in is fucking nuts, and there's a there's like an allude to it as well, and then when it kicks in with the drums and the just a da na 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 pa 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 like those roomy drums are fucking perfect. But um, <laughs> going back, like for a long time, I fell in love with again like. Uh, you say Blink like writing immature songs. They wrote um, immature songs, but there was even back in the day they had some like kind of songs that kind of pulled at your heartstrings and that I could relate to. I think growing up, and that's um, I think it's un- the song's called Untitled, and it's from I think Dude Ranch. But I used to listen to the live version of that. Uh, I think it's the one with the lyrics that's like um, I think it's Untitled. And it's fuck this place. I lost the war. I hate you all. Where's my dog? Because girls are such a bag. Like, I fucking love that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so snotty yeah, and stupid yeah. and just like whatever. But like, I don't know, me as a me as a 17, 18 year old, like, yeah, that was me. That was me. So yeah. I'd say <laughs> untitled Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Well, God, do you wait, wait, Mark, do you have a favorite Blink 182 song? I well, I think when I was younger, it was feeling this. Because I just obsess over those vocal lines as you talked about earlier. But if I had to pick one, it would be Man Overboard. Nice. I really like the bass line. And um, yeah, Mark's, uh, Mark's verses in that are really catchy um, as well. But what about you, Sean? Flip oh, the question on you. Now, it's, I've just said feeling this. It's going to be feeling this, isn't it? It's just that's how it is. <laughs> it's an iconic intro as well. Like, that's yeah. just a, I, also, I also think of feeling this when I think of you know, iconic openers. Right. Yeah, and they, I sure. mean, they, they probably open with that more than any song ever when they, for their live show too. So it's like, and it makes so much sense. How can they not? Yeah. It, I just remember when it came out, I just remember thinking it was sounded so fresh and it sounded more mature for Blink-182, I thought. And then, yeah, I just, I, I kind of fell in love with them retroactively, I guess then. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Feeling this, I guess. <laughs> well, We've really, really enjoyed this. And again, appreciate you guys taking the time to join us for this we kind of super group. We should. We should. That's, four, as we no, all... that's five, though. Just talk about old bollocks. <laughs> Every week we get together, just talk shit about some bands. Yes. Um, but while we all have you here, of course, all three of you individually have got a lot going on. So it would be rude for us not to get into that very quickly. And um, obviously, Derek. State Champs have a brand new record, Kings of the New Age, coming out May 13th. Uh, really busy time with touring and stuff. Um, yeah, just talk to us about that and just what's going on in the world of State Champs at the moment. Oh, I'm so excited to finally be putting out music again. It seems like it's been forever. It's like uh, to get, Now, looking back on it, it's been four years since we put an album out. Like Two years what? don't really count there. So oh, like, yeah. I'm <laughs> subject- <laughs> so, so, uh, but it has been four years, so it's nutty, man. Um, UK, we've been waiting to get back to, so we're, and we're going to be celebrating the release out there on the, uh, on the tour for it. So, uh, May, thir- May 13th album, and then the tour starts in the UK and Europe right after that. So come out and hang. Yeah. And on the album, Ben features on it in the, yeah, baby. Can you guys tell us uh, quickly about how that came about? Was it well, just a I was going to ask Derek, Derek, how awkward was Ben to work with? Uh, literally no literally sent the song and you were like yep down and then like took like we went back and forth on some shit and it was done in a day and we were like yep that's gonna be a smash scene hit can't wait and now we just can't wait to play it together like we're gonna have a couple opportunities coming up so now it gets to translate to the live show i'm psyched 
Nice. Derek, that's a good answer, but it's not one we would accept. <laughs> so try again. This time, make something horrible up about Ben. Oh, shit, man. You know, we argued about it. Like, he took, <laughs> yeah. like it took him like 20 tries like to get it, it sounds, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Ben nah, I nah, know. It was lovely. Yeah. It's the Ben I know as well. To be oh. <laughs> oh, God. But, but, yeah. oh. but Ben, neck, neck deep, we've got uh, a busy time coming up. You're going to be headlining slam dunk festival and i'm sure nice. that is something that you guys have just kind of dreamed about from from a young age yeah man it's 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 nice it's like it's validation in a way you know what i mean it's like a reward for doing this for 10 years and i think kind of staking our claim on uh like uk pop punk especially or like with slam dunk being the uk the uk pop punk fest i think it's kind of a kind of a nice uh, full circle sort of thing. I think it's a good story for everyone, but generally, man, we're just, we're trying to make up for, for lost time too. Like, uh, you know, the last two, like, well, you know, a couple of years, we obviously had the pandemic and that just fucking everything got canceled. So we're kind of like literally only just finished those tours that were booked like two years ago. Like, so, uh, yeah, straight back onto it though. We've, Hopefully, here's, here's a hot, juicy scoop. Uh, we've got some new, uh, people know, people know, but we got new music. So hopefully, we'll be having some, uh, some release some new music before Slam Dunk. And uh, yeah, you'll you'll hear that. And uh, other than that, just just touring, touring. Like nice, that. quick one, quick one from me, Ben. How difficult was State Champs to work with? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man. Um, like they sent me the song, and I basically had to rewrite the whole thing. Yeah, and they were really, really difficult to negotiate the the point two writing percentage <laughs> I wanted on it. Um, yeah, we're, we're still going back and forth on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yes. It was it was super easy. Obviously, like me and Derek tour together many many times like i'd say our two bands are i don't know yeah probably like the the best like band friends you know what i mean like yeah, we've spent the most time most. with each other out of any yeah. other bands so like yeah it's, exactly oh. it only makes sense yeah i don't know I miss you man hey we got some cool shit coming up though so yeah we do yeah we do i like it i like it i'm looking forward to all that and steph i mean great wind of uh being busy as well i hear new music in the pipeline and you have a rescheduled uk tour dates happening soon as well i believe yeah so the summer we're going to spend doing new music finally because i feel like again we haven't released music in like four years as well so well actually we released in 2020 we released one song but then the pandemic happened so all of our plans kind of just got a bit messed up so yeah we're, we're going to be doing a uk tour in september so it's going to be a headline uh, tour across the UK. So that's going to be good. Tickets will be on sale when this is out. So go buy your tickets. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully someday, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully someday we can headline some of like next week. <laughs> so we're sorry. <laughs> oh, we're we're less like down here, but hopefully someday we can get to Ben's level. <laughs> well, if oh. there's anything, if there's any way to bring it full circle, just do what Nick Deep do and rip Blink off. That's kind of our. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm the female. I'm the female Tom DeLong, So yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, are, you, know. you need you need to bring merch out now, female Tom DeLong and just your face or something. That yeah, that would slap. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all get a percentage of that so thank you very much yeah. uh, yes. we were involved in the IP of, the, the, of that cool. design particularly we were in the room as it said we were there we were here so we get we just on get it. one percent yeah. one percent yeah. each that's all take I'm it. willing to take it yeah <laughs> 
Uh, well, amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Um, great to see you all. And I'm sure we'll catch up with all of you again very, very soon. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Hell yeah. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you. Okay. You're listening to Savvy Podcast. Yes. Woo! Fucking hell, I was loud and you blew my brains out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yes. Thank you very much to Derek, Ben, and Steph for coming on. What a fantastic chat. It was awesome. Do you know what? It was actually nice to be talking about other people's bands for a change mm. rather than the guests just talking about theirs. And yeah, just to see and hear how much Blink mean to these people and how much they've inspired them and they love them is infectious. So again, thank you very much. Ben from Neck Deep, Derek from State Champs and Steph from Grey Wind. That was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was just a really refreshing episode to do, as you said. I love the fact that all three of the guests were just kind of talking with each other as well, having a laugh at first, making jokes and just kind of going off where everyone was saying. And yeah, it's nice to have a, an episode like this, finding a subject that everyone really adores and just sharing their love for it. I think maybe we should try and do more episodes like this going forward, but especially seeing how much an impact Blink-182 have been to some of the biggest bands in the scene today. I mean, as we mentioned, Neck Deep, a headline in Slam Dunk Festival. State Champs are one of the biggest bands around right now, doing great things. I recently saw them on the UK tour, and they have so many hits. And Grey Wind are going to be there very, very soon as well. Their debut album was released back in 2017, Afterthought. It was recorded with our good friend, Jason Perry, and they've got new music on the way and they're going to be touring in at the end of the year across the UK as well. So three, three great acts and I'm glad we could get them together for this. Uh, as mentioned, of course, State Champ's new album, Kings of the New Age, is now Woo! available. So I encourage everyone to go and check it out. There's loads of features on there. It's a great, great time. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next from Grey Wind and seeing neck deep live at slam dunk which you will be djing the after parties yes. for sean hey they don't call me <laughs> um they don't wait. what they call you they, wait man they don't call me after party marty for nothing right because i am djing after parties like coming into fashion jesus Literally. christ yep so, yeah, as he mentioned there, this is a nod to me doing a DJ at three of the My Chemical Romance shows in the UK, two in Milton Keynes at the MK Don Stadium, potentially to 30,000 people a night, even <laughs> though um, I'd imagine so far I've been told I'm going to be on before the bands go on. So I could be pissed by about six o'clock, hopefully. Then one at the Warrington gig where I'm going to be DJing at the VIP bar. So that's going to be for people schmoozing about backstage who don't want to listen to music I want to play, who will just be drinking and asking me to turn the music down so they can talk to their <laughs> friends. Um, and then I am DJing after the warrant a gig at a, at a venue called Asylum, which is going to be a really cool night with our friends at Deadbolt. And Cardiff, I'm DJing at the after party for Team Up at Kongs 2. And then, as you said, I'm DJing Slam Dunk after parties as well. What else? We're DJing Download at yeah. the Doghouse stage. Um, I'm DJing 2000 Trees after parties as well, maybe. I'm waiting Go to hear on that. I fucking, do you know what? They're going to start calling me Late Night Smith after this because I'm going to be fucking... Oh. Hey, have you got a party 
or an after party <laughs> you need yeah. a DJ for, check out Sean Smith, the king of the after party. Yeah, after party, Marty. My name is unbelievable. <laughs> yes, but we will be doing a live podcast at Downloads Festival uh, coming very soon as well. So if you're heading to Donington Park this year, Thursday the 9th of June, we will be performing a live podcast in the doghouse. So make sure you uh, keep an eye on at Sablin Pod on Twitter and Instagram for more details and the time and everything. And come and see us because um, it's going to be our first ever live podcast though that means it's gonna be great yes it's either gonna be us (laughs) chatting bollocks to absolutely nobody or thousands of people and that's terrifying so yes get in touch with us get in touch with us at sapping pod at s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d give us a shout about who you'd like us to speak to a download because um things are currently still up in the air so i will take on any guest suggestions so um yeah let us have a know at sapping pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're also going to be at Download and Slam Dunk recording a lot of things for the podcast as well. So any suggestions, and we'll try and get them done over the weekend. But before we go into anything else, I would like to give homework to the listeners, if possible, oh, this God, week. Delight. Sorry, guys. Um, I, I know it's a lot to ask for, but um, if you're already on Twitter and the Instagram, I reckon this week we should get everyone... To fucking tweet as much as they can at Mark Hoppus and or Tom DeLong. Tell them about this episode yes. and get them on the podcast for us. Use the power of community, the internet, and Blink fandom to make this happen. They'll feel so bad that they missed episode 182 that they'll want to be on the next one for sure, I imagine. Yeah, what I imagine now this gets out to people <laughs> due to due to our fantastic, fantastic, beautiful listeners. That's you guys getting in touch with them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's do one episode. Yeah, let's do the next one." No, <laughs> no, we're not doing one eight three. That's not no. You cheeky bat. No, I'd be well up for that. But yeah, let's get in touch with them. Let's see what they say. Also, I heard that Mark Opus might be taken over from James Corden. What on the late late show? On the Late Late Show. Don't know if That's I've meant mad. to say it out loud, but I have said it out loud. Um, <laughs> if he is, congratulations. Um, to be honest, I'd be happy with anybody taking over from um, James Corden. Uh, Skeletor, uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson, um, anyone. No, I'd, who, who do I hate more, James Corden or Boris Johnson? Or Boris Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah you, good, got good. you got it. But also, congratulations to Travis Barker, who this week got married to Courtney Kardashian, if that's the yeah. right Kardashian. Yeah, um, nice one, man. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I don't know. Um, Clive, Clive, got, he got married to Clive with a K. Clive Kardashian and Travis Barker got married this weekend. Congratulations to both of them. Your relationship isn't sickening at all, and I don't feel ill whenever I see you all over each other. Yes, you're grown up. Also, the trailer for Tom DeLonge's film. Um, came out this week as well, I believe. And the new Angels and Airwaves is really, really good. I'm massively into that. And if you want some stories on what it's like to work with Tom DeLong, go back to our previous episodes. One of them contains uh, Matt Rabano of Angels and Airwaves and formerly Taken Back Sunday fame. Talks a lot about their relationship and everything involved with that. So go and check that out. 
Also on that episode, um, Matt Rubano reveals something about a UFO on Tom DeLonge that I'm surprised he didn't ask us to cut out. And I'm also surprised that Tom DeLonge hasn't been raided by the FBI yet. So definitely go check out that episode of, of, about Matt Rubano if you've enjoyed this episode. Yes, give it and, and remember to just send as much spam to Blink-182 this week about us as you, po- as you possibly can. But let's not ramble much more. Uh, of course, it's been a really good episode, but this wouldn't be possible without our wonderful Patreon community. Woo-hoo! So if you'd like to support the podcast in any single way, we would very much love it if you could check out patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Over there, there's loads of extra bonuses. Recent ones include new playlists. There's been a bonus podcast of me and Sean talking about the first albums that got us into rock music. And there's just loads of behind the scenes elements involved there and the community interact with each other on the daily they're all meeting up for some of these massive shows in the uk with my chem festivals and everything it's really really wonderful beautiful humble to see and we'd love you to get involved so patreon.com forward slash sapnin and sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of that sapnin podcast patreon community yes thank you very much to everybody who's already mentioned in the, in the description of this episode but a massive thank you goes out to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Mahusiv Leeway. That's her word. She's written that down, not mine. Thank you very much to Janelle Castan, Paul Hirschfield, Mitch Perry, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Young, Kelly Irwin, Nathan Croshaw, Natasha Morris, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnova, Jenny Robson, Murray Grimwood, Six Gun Scotty, Amy Dawson, Kieran Olmi. Olmi? Thank you very much for joining. Yes, appreciate you. Thank you very much. Amy Louise, Alexandra Pemberton, Stuart, not Clive, despite being old enough, McNaught, Tom Owen, Caroline Robinson, Chris Sauer, Joe Ackland, M. Evans Roberts, Jacob Hetherington, Kate Puttock, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, John Smith, Jenny Munster, Kelly Cannon, Jason Oredia, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Adam King of the Goths, Parslow, Kalila Keane, John Smith, 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 John. Thank you very much. Josh, somebody I threw a jar... Somebody just threw a jar of mayonnaise at me. I was like, what the hell, man? Crisp. Is that the same as last week? Is he not bothered? No, that's new. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, and it? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Reese Boring, Kate Stevenson, Amandine Urbano, Daniel Stevenson, Kate Theme Destroyer, David Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family. Thank you very much to all of those people and all the names in our description. And anyone who's thinking about becoming a member of our Patreon, thank you very, very much. We appreciate you greatly. Yes, we do. We love you more than Blink-182 love singing about what they'd like to do some, to some dogs. But anyway, I've loved this episode. Thank you to Ben, Derek and Steph for joining us. And it's been the anniversary. It's been 30 years of Blink-182. And we might have another anniversary to celebrate next week. Ooh. What? What? Do we? What? You haven't told me. Is it my birthday? No, it's not my birthday. <laughs> what? What's going on? You have to you have to come next week to find out, John. Because but yeah. Alright. Um see you there, I guess. Uh, yeah, oh well, I'll be there. <laughs> oh, strange ending. Um also Ryan Chisholm forever. I'm out. Sapnin! Sapnin!
You're listening to Sabling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.